0: talk about revolution that's going a little bit too far so love me love me love me
1: I'm a hello and welcome once again to more like the worst wing the show where here in hell world 2020 baby we take a look at aaron sorkin's seminal television classic the west wing from a bit more leftist socialist perspective and critique it i am Stu and i am dave and today's episode is something of season four, entitled Process Stories. It is an extension of the election night episode that we did last time around, because guess what? People are still celebrating, and holy shit, people are horny as hell. They are
0: so damn horny. <laughs> yeah. This is basically an unofficial two-parter with election night, where it literally just picks up like right where uh, election night left off. And um, here we get sort of the after party from the main party that we saw Bartlett giving the speech at at the end of election night. Uh, The after party is now taken back to the White House and we see our characters in various areas mingling, uh, flirting, and getting ready to fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Getting ready
1: to, yeah. Holy shit. And it's all, um, everybody is like sort of being like, Don't my electoral votes make you horny, baby? (laughs) And they do.
0: They do surprisingly (laughs) well. (laughs) All these women are horny for electoral vote statistics and and learning which plane states that Bartlett swept. Um... But before we get into all that, I wanted to remark on the cold open, which is actually, I feel like, one of the best little bits of comedy I've seen on the show. It kept it kept me laughing multiple times, which is rare uh, on a critical rewatch for this show. But uh, I just want to... So basically, the setup is Sam's sort of freaking out because the Horton Wild campaign, of which he has pledged to be the uh, special election, you know, person running... Uh, the candidate. To the widow, exactly. The candidate to the widow um is doing quite well and uh, in the recap they let us know that you know they're like only down by 80 votes or something like that they're still counting uh so he's getting pretty nervous and we actually open the episode with him just sort of freaking out to donna in his office and which then takes them out into the sort of pen area where they've got the tvs on with the news and uh, i'll just let the clip do the rest of the work gail julie yeah. i'm a- Bonnie, Ginger, get me Will Bailey. Get me Kay Wild, very quickly, please. Just received a phone call from Congressman Chuck Webbs. He's conceding
1: the election,
0: thanking Mrs. Wilde for a Get Will Bailey, campaign. please, go get him. And looking forward, he says he looks forward to running in a special election.
1: Gail, is there any word on who the Democrats might run in the special election? Get him, got to no, get him. No, there isn't, not yet. But I can report a rumor of course you can. Vancouver, Why not? Orange County resident and current White House senior advisor Sam Seaborn will seek the seat.
0: And the final oh, okay. <laughs> Sam Seaborn, of course,
1: an architect of the president's first victory, as well as his—I think we have to start calling it a
0: landslide tonight. They're talking about someone. Else. I'm told that we've got a picture. We're going to throw up on the screen. Julia. <laughs> and uh i just i really like that like uh, you know roblo plays it well with just sam's increasing desperation of like no but really get me will bailey (laughs) and um and then this the the slow dawning realization that uh oh oh that promise that i made that i never thought i'd have to fulfill i'm actually gonna have to do it
1: (laughs) well it's interesting because like just the, the whole thing where the lady on television yeah like break sort of breaks this rumor yeah and it i i would hope that you know sam's character would have had the integrity to follow through i mean clearly he's talking about not
0: well following yeah through. I, th- I think he thinks in the moment that like hey if he could just get to will and just be like hey just say another candidate's name anyone else like then i can get out of it but mm-hmm. uh, but the second he's named like it's all it's all over, and then so the rest of the episode to skip forward a bit. This one we're kind of going to discuss non chronologically because yeah. there's not much chronological plot that happens really. So to skip ahead a bit toward the end of the episode, uh, the rest of our mains kind of come around on the idea. At first, everyone's like, "Well, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard." Sam, why did you agree <laughs> to that? You're going to get fucking crushed if you go run as a Democrat in Orange County. And then by the end of it. Because of the meta reason of this is writing Roblo off the show, all of these characters suddenly come around and go, "You know what? Actually, it would be good for you to go and get crushed in Orange County. It would help the Democratic Party somehow."
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it's, very—it's just kind of incongruent from how it had gone before. Right. Because everybody's just like, even Sam himself realizes it's a terrible
0: idea. You know. And is well, just and the kicking him for even making the promise. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He only, he only made the promise because he was just like, this is, they can't win sh- anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no way.
0: Yeah. They're, they're, you know, they're never going to win anyway. So I might as well, you know, make this nice, somewhat empty gesture to the widow that she'll appreciate at least, you know. Ne- thinking never in a million years would he actually have to honor his word. And here we all are.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think. I was going to say something about running hopeless candidates, Rob. Lowe. Oh, let's so let's talk about Rob Lowe's situation mm-hmm. here. It's funny because, and Emma remarked on this last night that <clears throat> so the reason that Rob Lowe is getting written off the show, we mentioned it kind of in passing a couple times before.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: At the beginning of season four, the show was like top of the list. Yeah. So it was making money hand over fist. It was getting a shitload of attention. Sorkin really did not like how season three had wound down. So he was kicking himself. He was doing key bumps. He was doing lines off hookers asses. You know, he was (laughs) coked the fuck up to write season. Writing these scripts at three in the morning. (laughs) And, and so when, the actors came back they all got a pay raise which is like yeah dude shit you're
0: some yeah, of the we're on successful one of the, television people one of the top shows on tv damn right we should get a pay raise yeah
1: and so they all negotiated a pay raise but what ended up happening as you had mentioned probably way back when we started this show was initially written as a vehicle for rob lowe and mandy if mm-hmm. y'all remember all the way back <laughs> in season 1 oh mandy Who? <laughs> um so that part of it didn't really pan out so hot, no. but Rob Lowe was brought on at a certain pay grade above the remainder of the cast, right. even such A-listers as Martin Sheen. Right, because so, they
0: thought the president was going to be like more of a background detail at first, and it was going to be centered around Rob Lowe. Well,
1: and you can see how it pans out in the credits in the first couple seasons where usually, and this is... St- this is something of apocrypha at this point, but I would say that, like, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, when you did credits, the and blank slot at the end of the credit reel yeah. was usually some minor, you know, whatever. They didn't have a major role. So that he was the president who is arguably the main character of the entire series, was arguably written in like you said as sort of like uh you know he's in the background right the the
0: original pitch was to be make it be exclusively focused about the staff and they would interact with the president on the in a peripheral way in sort of a way that happens more off screen or off stage um and then that ended up not being the case and they realized like oh we actually should probably use the president more so,
1: what ended up happening, basically, to make this extremely long story short is that when the pay when the pay bump came through and everybody's rolling around in fistfuls of bills, apparently, Rob Lowe was no longer at a proportionately higher pay grade. Ah. So, he was still getting paid more than everybody, right. but he wasn't getting paid enough more.
0: That sounds like just the sort of thing that would really piss a conservative off. <laughs> and uh. so,
1: he... He like flipped out and was like, like, I'm I'm done after this season, yeah, which de- is
0: demanded a bunch more money, the network said no, and then so he said, Alright, I'm out of here.
1: Well, which is somewhat poignant because we marked kind of the end of season four as when Aaron Sorkin
0: like Yeah. And I always wonder like, like, pieces like out. When, when did he know that he wanted to get out of the show too? Because I'm sure it happened at some point before season four wrapped, and then you know, it's kind of ironic that he's sitting here writing Rob Lowe off the show that he's about to exit. You know, yeah. And my mind just kind of thinks about the the synchronicity of those two things. Yeah, and
1: in a way, it's a weird Ouroboros of like selfishness. Where, yeah, kind of. It's, it's just like oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna like do some bullshit and kind of throw all of these. I don't want to say it's not that the characters have principles, but it's like I'm gonna reverse all of the work I put in kind of making a dramatic device out of introducing will bailey mm-hmm. and just have everybody change their minds and it to, to work out with the convenience of getting rid of rob Lowe.
0: yeah yeah so again all the characters just change their mind on a dime and go actually you you sam running in the doomed 47th is good for some reason <laughs> uh, <laughs> because they have to fill the meta purpose of getting rob Lowe off of the show <laughs>
1: as long as you have absolutely no follow-up questions yes
0: yeah. <laughs> um let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll dive into some of the other subplots going on in this episode was You should see ya the jig a flex. a study of Sophia while you in a complex. seeing is believing so you better change your specs You know she'll bring being a bullet thing so from the past. all the little evidence of the mass, weak by your hands up, no offita. But it's a backup, you know, you better run for us. But she got me on the counter. And welcome back. So uh Andy shows back up, Congresswoman Andy Wyatt, uh having just rewon her uh won her re-election i should say uh by a staggering apparently as we find out 85 percent (laughs) uh you know she's in maryland so it's a pretty safe blue state um so it's not that big an accomplishment but it also makes all the worrying that toby and cj did about the pr problem of the pregnancy so fucking stupid yeah
1: it's i again it just seems like oh you spent all this time like hand-wringing and hair-pulling over it, and now it's just like, oh, no, it's cool.
0: Oh, turns out she could have shot someone in Maryland's equivalent of Fifth Avenue that and, <laughs> and still easily won, so... <laughs> yeah. So I really don't understand what all the fucking worrying was about. But, uh, so, you know... Uh, Toby and her interact a little bit and they basically just repeat the same song and dance about like, oh, are we gonna tell the public about the baby? Are you gonna reconcile with me? Blah, blah, blah. It's not that interesting but what is interesting is how public Andy is about her relationship with Toby where when Toby shows up she's like, my man here just won the president re-election and gives him a big ol' smack on the lips.
1: And it's a departure in tone that almost seems too convenient because and i think you put it pretty pretty succinctly is that we could have used any of this sort of affection or yes! honesty about the relationship prior yes! to her getting pregnant because we bitched on an episode a couple th- weeks ago Where it's like... That it came out
0: of nowhere. Oh, okay. That all of a sudden Andy's pregnant and we haven't seen a hint of intimacy between her and Toby at all before then. This is the kind of intimacy we could have used to be like, oh, okay. You know, they're clearly sort of romantically okay with each other. They're kissing in public and stuff. You know, that would give us a clue that like, oh, they might be hooking up off screen. We don't know. Yeah. Instead uh, of coming out of nowhere with like, Andy's pregnant with my twins.
1: (laughs) Well, and again, because they spend all that time being like what if people find out it's like well what (laughs) doesn't matter well 85 (laughs) percent motherfuckers yeah and i guess to andy's credit like she's the one who initiates it so all right cool with your
0: consent we can do whatever the fuck we want i guess right so it just again it makes all the cj and toby worrying so stupid in retrospect and then andy you know still holds true to her guns about like no i'm not remarrying you or whatever because toby's still on that bugaboo and, uh, yeah, again, it just sort of, this, this plot line spins its wheels in well, this episode, there where is, they just sort of retread the same ground.
1: And there, and there is one thing at the end where she was talking about some sort of press move where she doesn't want, she was playing such that she was nervous about people finding out about the pregnancy, and then Toby gradually realizes that she was deliberately being oh, right. public with the information so that some She's,
0: wacky... She, yeah, she's trying to get some crazy right-wing group to, like, yeah. sue her or something, to, like, provoke the fight rather than just sort of wait for it. And so, but I mean, again, you know, you just won by a crazy huge margin. Like, it don't matter. No, yeah, it's it like 11th for
1: dimensional chess, and, like, we don't really care. But to, to her credit, again, the character, she's, she's fucking smart. stone cold. She's a pro operator. Yes.
0: Yeah, she's smart. She's, she's like, clearly, like, five levels beyond anyone at the White House. Yeah. <laughs> she should probably be president. <laughs>
1: she say, you should hire her
0: yeah she her and bruno like together could fucking take over the world (laughs) for sure they're the the only two competent people that ever come close to the white house (laughs) um so that sort of gives us a good springboard to to bark off you know we get we talked earlier about how horny this episode is and i really just want to stress that not only do we get the as you said this we've we've gotten this before where president's horny, but people keep interrupting him Mm -hmm. before he can get it on with the first lady. We get a, like a whole redux of that plot line again, where, you know, first Leo interrupts him, uh, with news about (laughs) something that I want to save for its own segment. (laughs) Uh, and then like Toby interrupts him to tell him about the, the babies. And, you know, there's some funny interplay with like, eyes front mister no one look at my wife in your yeah. sexy outfit and uh and uh charlie you know there's some good back and forth between the president and charlie and whatnot it's all serviceable but again we've seen all this before well
1: i want to before we move on from president horny does he fucking <laughs> dab himself behind his ears with the martini that he? i, I did not catch
0: that detail but i did what notice you f- make that in your notes what the you fuck know is what? going on <laughs> I don't know. They're drunk. Was, they're, you is know. This some
1: sex thing.
0: <laughs> they're drunk. It's election. You know, the big win has made everyone crazy and drunk and horny. And God only knows what they're doing at this point.
1: Yeah.
0: <sighs> um, so yeah, we get, we get president horny. We get chief of staff horny where <laughs> Leo and Jordan are off, uh, like slow dancing in that little alcove outside the oval office. It looks like, Yep. Uh, um, and there's a there's a real weird moment where an actual colonel approaches uh, the two of them dancing to go get Leo's attention about a national security issue, and Jer- Jordan sees the actual colonel goes Colonel, and Leo thinking that this is some weird military role play she suddenly <laughs> launched into, remembering that he used to be a colonel goes Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then it has to turn around and see the actual colonel there it's a nice little bit of humor but also uh i don't need to know that much about how leo role plays in his bedroom time
1: yeah and i mean it's it's just sort of cute because jordan's never been like a real super serious character it's, no she's she's been around for stuff and has been used sort of as a vehicle to give leo a little bit more depth she's a sounding board
0: more than anything yeah and and just there to throw some you know be a foil like throw contradictory opinions at them
1: yeah um yeah so then we get bruno
0: horny (laughs) (laughs) bruno very horny uh bruno is talking to multiple women throughout the course of the night and i know that like the for all the obama boys who you know this became their guiding philosophy it was mainstreaming the west wing into their fucking veins before they went to dc like the pod johns and whatnot they're just watching this shit with bruno going yeah yeah that's it if i win an election i can bang many women (laughs) <laughs> it's just it's very
1: telling because it's like bruno Our god god bless him and you know what ladies you you make whatever choices you want or gentlemen as it stands but bruno is like, <laughs> it's like the the ultimate quintessential sleazy power broker new york type that <laughs> i mean forgive me for being somewhat stereotypical here but i think most women would be like eagerly like looking around the room for right for a friend you know for for
0: for a friend to come save them yeah (laughs) Yeah. um yeah but no again election night and the the magnitude of the win just has all the panties hitting the floor and it's 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 bad it's bad uh and hell we even get a little bit of donna horny with uh with the return of christian slater yeah from uh (laughs) out of nowhere the guy that she did the whole complicated vote swapping scheme with back in the last episode shows up with like boxes you know the stereotypical new to the job or or just got fired <laughs> depending on which way you're walking uh the, those boxes that you see in in uh, media and he's like oh i'm new here i'm i'm the 2 a.m watch commander for the situation room um And they have kind of a whole thing where she's like, well, why were you trying to vote for a Republican if you're coming to work for Bartlett? Not realizing that, you know, that's not how jobs work. Yeah. (laughs) especially, Especially not how military jobs work. Yeah. Um and then they have this whole dumb thing about like oh why well, you need 500 dollar ashtrays Bartlett tried to cut military spending look at this ashtray it doesn't shatter into a million pieces and that's important on a submarine uh whereas i'm thinking should they really be fucking smoking down there <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> open flames on a submarine eh yeah you know lots of smoke with no place to go that's what we like
1: uh, um, and his he's parlayed into you know kind of the the, the Venezuela thing that we mentioned.
0: <laughs> oh, you said the magic word! <laughs> P- Peewee Pee- Herman reaction. Uh, yeah, I was I was saving that. But yeah, so out of nowhere, and I literally mean out of fucking nowhere, this, this has zero setup, and the rest of the episode is just election night stuff, but apparently we needed to have a big geopolitical thing happen. So out of nowhere, that colonel that I talked about earlier uh, shows up to interrupt Leo and Jordan and be like, there's a coup happening in Venezuela right now. (laughs) And I, I literally burst out laughing on the first watch of the episode. I'm like, how fucking timely. So
1: it's, this is actually kind of cool. It's, um, it's the, it's jigsaw plays the Colonel. The actor's name is Tobin bell. And I was just like,
0: holy shit. It's the guy from the saw movies. I I didn't even, I haven't even seen any of those. So So. that's hilarious. Um, yeah, so we get a we get some stuff in the sit room where uh, Christian Slater's character, whose name is Jack Reese, which sounds like a Tom Clancy protagonist oh, to me. Oh, for sure. It's, it's <laughs> you know, one syllable away from Jack Ryan. Like yeah, it's... like very action man kind of thing, which is funny because to me Christian Slater is not like an action man hero. He's more of like a Mr. Robot kind of, you know, hacking man hero. He,
1: he was in Heathers, for God's sake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, he shows up to be like, and and you made a good note of this, you know. He, he's like, they're like, okay, he, look, shit's going down in Venezuela. The coup people just took an oil refinery or whatever. We need you to go through all the intel and get a two-page briefing together for Leo. Uh, how long do you need? And he, you know, he takes a beat. And he's like, I don't know, like three hours. And the rest of the room gets to go. Ho, 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 ho. You got twenty minutes, bitch. <laughs>
1: yeah, oh. newbie. And it's Ha-ha. like you uh, said.
0: Like you said, it it goes back to that Protestant work ethic slash workaholic thing of, like, oh, no, no. You think you have time to do stuff? No. We need it now. Yeah. It won't be good or worthwhile, but we do need it quickly. We We (laughs) do need it fucking fast. It's more important that it's fast than accurate. Uh, Consequences be damned. And so they don't really go into the particulars of this coup a whole lot, but from what I sussed out, and my interpretation here may be wrong, but from what I sussed out from the way Jordan says, like, hey, you know, you guys wanted Lulu, and Lulu is the guy who did the coup, I'm assuming to mean this is an American-backed coup, uh, and they were taking out the, you know, sovereignly elected leader of Venezuela. So this is basically the fantasy lib version of the Juan Guadido uh, coup campaign uh, where they pull it off successfully.
1: <laughs> and, yeah, it's never really made clear because I, I think the show just just wants to dodge on it for, you know, because we're never going to revisit the, this particular set I'm of I'm pretty apologists. sure we don't, yeah. Um, and, but they also, this is where sort of uh, ties right back to the Leo thing. Leo and Jordan's last conversation is, <laughs> is about how the coup just
0: uh, apparently works right i guess Uh, it might be ongoing but they got the president they got they got the venezuela president and they like arrested him and like put him in a car or whatever and he's probably about to be executed within the day or something like that and that and therefore the coup worked i guess
1: well, and God, it's just so There's fucking... nothing
0: spent on like long-term implications of, you know, what's going to happen in the country of Venezuela or whatever. Nothing is spent on that.
1: But he also says, Leo goes into, once he's done discussing the details of shit, he goes into, he's like, he literally says, the process matters more than the outcome.
0: Yeah. What, what in the world? The fuck? It, it feels like a very clumsy attempt to connect it back to the title. Kind of like how CJ's whole thing, uh, which we haven't even talked about yet, uh, is also a clumsy attempt to, like, weave the title in where she has to end up bitching about, like, process stories, even though that's not what she's really mad about.
1: Yeah, and I don't... It, it's completely incoherent. It's like, so the, the the process
0: you are... He's saying the ends don't justify the means after he just did a coup. <laughs> or,
1: or he's saying that, like, the outcome is what we wanted and also coups are
0: good i i, I have no idea it's incoherent it, it's like literally like i wrote in the notes it's just like a venezuela coup appears out of the long grass <laughs> like in pokemon you know <laughs> <laughs> it's just like uh-oh i was walking through this grass and then uh-oh venezuela coup because like that's how it like slams into the episode
1: yeah it's uh, pretty dumb um, it's
0: very dumb and incoherent uh let's let's take another quick break here and then we'll come back and uh discuss the last remaining plot bits i'm sexy and i know it i'm sexy and i know it Um, uh, for the last little bit here, let's talk about, I mentioned in the last segment, CJ has this weird plot arc where it starts off with in her office and it's all done up in the style of when she sang that weird, the Jackal song in Mm -hmm. that one episode, which I forget what they were celebrating that time. I think a a vote or a Supreme court justice or something like that. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Confirmation vote, I think. Uh, but they were, you know, they were or maybe midterms uh they were celebrating something and cj did that and i like that her office is done up in that style but we don't see the jackal again we just kind of get this like visual reference to it i like and i like that minus five points because sam later calls attention to it (laughs) it would have been better to just subtly leave it in the background it's not subtle at all by the way her office is as you say it here uh shows the limitation of of 90s slash early aughts tv lighting Oh, yeah, um, it's like that, that back the, before we had high def and, and everything
1: yeah, that that in the uh, the the horny residence scene, it's just like everything is is smeary and low lit. It's it's not good, folks.
0: No, it's, it's not. Um, but so in the middle of her, you know, they're just chilling in her, you know, a bunch of people are just hanging out in her office, drinking, partying and whatnot. She's got a TV on. Cause of course they all have TV on TVs on all over the place. And she sees some dude. And by the way, I love this dude, the actor, like he's a great oafish looking dude. He reminds me of that guy from it's always sunny that like D cheated with, oh yeah um, who gave her the car <laughs> i forget the i forget the character's name and uh, it's always sunny uh, but he, he reminds me of that guy <laughs> and uh he's he's on tv taking credit basically for the entire bartlett election campaign like he's pretending like he was some big election strategizer uh within the campaign and that he basically drove the whole strategy and he's like, oh yeah, this is the reason we won all the plane states is because I told them to pivot more to the blah 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 or whatever, and CJ decides to get like really fucking mad about this for some reason, Yeah, and I don't know why, it really just feels like oh, we have to give CJ something to do but I kind of liked it better when because there's bits where she's not engaged in this plotline in this episode, she's just kind of bouncing around into the other plots and is like reacting to them, and I I would like that like if she just bounced around reacting to everyone else's plot lines that would have been more fun than this weird plot line they send her on which is to get real angry at this guy and be like he's stealing all the credit that bruno should be claiming meanwhile bruno is like i don't fucking care i've got pretty women talking to me that's all the credit yeah. i want
1: <laughs> well yeah and it's like he's he, this guy's like stealing polling valor or something and it's like right who like
0: yeah, he ends up being some minor pollster or whatever, but he's acting like a big to do, like he's he was basically campaign manager, and like who fucking cares? Yeah,
1: who, who care? <laughs> and also, like, do you do you earnestly feel threatened in your position as the White House press secretary, right, who just won four more years? By the way, <laughs> yeah. Like, what is the what is the downside to this? There is more than enough credit to go around. You could just be like, I don't give a shit. Yeah.
0: Which is the correct attitude and which is what Bruno basically tries to tell her when CJ comes to it. And he, CJ's like, he's stealing your credit. And Bruno's like, I could not care less. Yeah. <laughs> let me, let me go back to my blonde or my brunette uh, or whoever I happen to, whichever pretty girl I happen to be talking to at this particular moment. Yeah, And and yeah, so it's just stupid. She ends up confronting him and you raised this very good point that she she acts surprised to see him at the party yet as press secretary she was probably the one who invited him to the party
1: (laughs) and so when it's kind of like because you were initially confused and i don't blame you because i think it's like she she takes this very sarcastic tone with him yes at the gate but it's there's no there's no setup to her like flipping around and being like oh he's here so it's very confusing as to whether she knew it already and was just planning to go and get like facetious with his ass or mm-hmm. like why, why she wouldn't be scheming with, I don't know, Toby or, or sure. Josh or whoever in her office to be like, Josh, probably Josh would love this kind here. of thing. Yeah, like, <laughs> I know this guy is here. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's go. own Let's him. fuck with him. Yeah, let's yeah. go
0: fuck with him. Which, you know, she ends up doing and she like, you know, owns him in a very West Wing kind of way of like, haha, I have owned you or whatever. And like, fine, good for her. It's not offensive or bad or anything. It's just sort of unnecessary. Yeah. And, and I mean, like I said, I, I have...
1: appreciate. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say just to have Alice and Janie have some lines.
0: Right, which, again, but I appreciate her more in, like, party mode, just sort of bouncing around between all the other plots, and, like, you know, she just pops in for a funny quip or whatever, like, you know, when she has the brunette with Annette, uh, brunette named Annette from Tibet, Tibet, with with Bruno, like, that would be, that's funnier to me, just keep her, like, you know, this is a party episode, keep her bouncing around, and, like, I don't understand why she needs this plot, try to have stakes on this night that has no stakes whatsoever,
1: yeah, um, and the guy's like a completely harmless, very like midwestern yeah. corn boy. Like you know.
0: he went on, he went on a Talking Head show and he claimed some credit he shouldn't have claimed. Like in the grand scheme of things, this is such a nothing burger. Yeah, but you know, but, it, it gives him something to do, I guess. Sure, uh, and then so the final point I wanted to touch on is Amy shows up back again. Yay, yeah. Amy! Uh, and she's here to collect money (laughs) from a lot of people because it (laughs) turns, it turns out Amy was predicted before predicted was a thing and was like, not just laying bets on, you know, Oh, the big stuff, but like all these small, tiny races, you know, margin of error. She's betting on like fucking local local amendments there's and shit like, like that turnout spreads
1: and things. yeah she,
0: god god bless her uh there's one line where josh at one point is like is the attorney general aware of you and she, she's like yeah they got me on file <laughs> so uh she's she gets like 90 bucks from josh or whatever and then she's just there to like go to the party mostly um at one point she claims she's josh's wingman yeah. uh but then josh doesn't hit on anyone so we don't get to see that that which i really actually do want to see well uh i mean i want to see amy backing up josh
1: it's also confusing because again in a very very like horny frame amy like yes. kisses him hello
0: oh yeah it's very casual like they're still dating yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And like
1: on th- the mouth you're right well and it's so and then the the like just to kind of briefly go through it is like she asks him if she can store her coat in his office. And he's like, yeah, fine. And then so she like goes in for like the kiss. Hello. And then they walk off to the office and like, <laughs> like she sits there talking to him, like distracting him while he's trying to open the door to his office. Goes in. They talk a little bit more about this shit going on or whatever. They don't talk about themselves. And then she like basically and you know it's it's Mary Louise Parker being a brilliant actress like disrobes yeah into this like into tiny bright red cocktail dress cocktail dress, dress. <laughs> yeah
0: and Josh is just like fucking stunned and is like <laughs> mentally kicking himself for like I let this girl go yeah <laughs> goddamn well it takes But the then coat. Also, yeah <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was just like a victory kiss or something. I don't know. It's Well, but just and I'm I'm going I'm going to put this quote in here cuz I love it so much. Yeah. There's there's
1: like the way that Mary Louise Parker, she's very and I don't want to say it's kind of the the stereotype, but like she's sort of like manic pixie dream girl a little a bit. Little. Where...
0: It's not it's not nearly that bad cuz Josh is not like the brooding dark tortured soul that like the manic pixie dream girls t- typically but, paired up
1: with but she's but her personality and she's played a very little. capably is very it's flighty and well not flighty i think um like just kind of airy and sure. whimsical if you will yeah, because she, she like she goes with the flow yeah well and she she bops over to this table and's like ooh shrimp like in right. the middle of a serious <laughs> conversation or whatever right <laughs> like then The thing that I always, I always, always think of when I think, and part of it's Mary Louise Parker herself, part of it's Amy's character. There's a line in the movie, Love Actually, which, yes, I know, hugely problematic. Look, it, it, I was 20 when it came out. I it still is, like it, too. It's still, it's still a great movie. <laughs> it's but It's fine. Bill Nye, another great actor, he, yeah. in the end, when he's talking with his manager, he describes Elton John's party as having, quote, a hefty number of half-naked chicks with their mouths open. <laughs> <laughs> and I always think of it because... Amy's look is always this sort of
0: like some slightly subtle, open mouth. <laughs>
1: open mouth like bedroom eyes look especially with uh, Josh especially with Josh, with Josh. Yeah. yeah
0: especially with Josh It's great. Um, it's really good. Uh, so yeah again the the main theme the main motif of this episode is just horny. Everyone is so damn horny. And
1: they've been pent up for so long.
0: Yeah, it's it's a there's there's like some episode in season seven or whatever where we see a bunch of characters actually hook up and that episode is less horny than oh this. yeah For, like the framing is way it's played way <laughs> right. straighter right yeah like that's much more matter-of-factly done this one though like you can feel the sexual tension throughout the episode oh yeah uh so yeah uh that mostly wraps up pretty much everything any final thoughts before we wrap up here
1: no, I'm th- I'm still dwelling on him dabbing his martini behind his ears. What the fuck?
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, you know he's doing the whole bit where he's he's again the, the the number one seduction move in this episode is just listing how many states you yeah, won. It's, it's uh, just
1: citing polls. Schnorkels would be getting laid
0: everywhere. <laughs> uh, and then um. So yeah, that that pretty much does it for this episode of The Worst Wing. As always, thank you for listening. Uh, We appreciate any comment, feedback uh, you, you drop in our threads. Uh, if you found the show a different way, hello, welcome. You can email the show a question, a comment, a concern at theworstwing69 at gmail.com.
1: And a very appropriate nice. For <laughs> very this appropriate
0: nice for this episode, <laughs> yes. Uh, we'll be back next time for the next episode that I'm not even going to bother to look up. But uh, until then, everyone, stay safe and, uh, and take care.
1: Yep. We'll talk to you all soon. Bye.
0: Bye bye.